All right, hello and welcome back to Morgan's Corner. Today, uh, I'm joined by Alfie again. Say hello, Alfie. Yeah. And we're going to pick up exactly where we left off uh, last time in the uh, the great eras of rock. Um, and we're going to give our little sort of verdict mini review things at the end. So we're currently on the 80s, having finished the 70s last, last time, the end of last episode. So Alfie, kick us off. Give me an overview of 80s rock. I feel like it's more glam. I associate it entirely with glam. Um, Twisted Sister and shit. Um, a few more anthems, I think. Um, yeah, it's more stadium focused, isn't it? It's less experimental and more let's make a song everyone can sing along to. Um, or should we just kick off with some people? Sure. Um, let's get into glam rock, first of all, because um, I feel like that's the most significant genre of that decade, unfortunately. So uh, how do we feel? There's some good ones. Let's talk about Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper was cool. Um, I haven't heard much. Alice Cooper actually did interesting things occasionally and had a lot of stage presence and a good voice and was somewhat edgy as opposed to like idiots like Poison um, who were just the most awful shit. Um, what about you? Yeah, he made a song called Poison. Did you? No, well, there was a band called that was Poison. His, that was his most popular song. Oh, yeah. Alice, I thought you said we actually... Accident- no, yeah. no. No, no. Okay. Yeah, tune. Poison, on the other hand, was a band of a guitar player called C.C. Deville, who's like the worst guitar player I think I've heard in my entire life. And they just, they're like every bad stereotype about um, glam rock. Like, it's just really upsetting. It's really funny. Do you want me to name some bands? Yeah, hit me up with what, what you think, what people from the 80s that you like or don't like. Uh, we well, can have a cesspit of negativity. I don't mind. I've got a question. Hit me up. Do you count Madonna? With rock. No, but I do think she's a borderline genius. And a very innovative performer. But I wouldn't okay. consider her a rock musician. Okay. So, start with Bon Jovi. Ugh. I thought that would happen. I, I can't... I don't really have time for any of them in terms of the, the glam scene, so... Wow! Wow! I hate it. I don't like it. But I mean, that's just like the surface. At least that song has some balls. It has like a guitar riff and, you know, somewhat rock-like vocals. What annoys me, one of the many things that I don't like about the 80s and its glam focus is like the the endless power ballads that sound the same. Yeah. Like Skid Row, man. Like Skid Row have their moments, but if you've heard one of their power ballads, you have heard them all, and there's about 20. Mm. You know, um, Motley Crue and Bon Jovi is just the same thing. Like they just got these endless, boring power ballads. At least, at least there is some element of rock music, really, that isn't like power ballad, which is the worst form of rock music, unless you do it really well. Um, in in uh, Living on a Prayer, like everything else, I just don't have much patience for Bon Jovi. Um, although they obviously did stuff, they did the stuff, right? Did we talk yeah. about Queen last time? Um, 
Yeah, a little bit. We mentioned them, but I don't think we went in detail. So let's so go I in think... detail. Do you want to start? Uh, sure. Well, I think I have an element of hypocrisy about Kareem because I do actually like theatricality a lot and I do enjoy their performance style, which is very big and over the top. Mm. Uh, as opposed to all the glam bands who I shit on for wearing makeup and being more focused on their image than playing the actual music. But I, I think it works for Queen because they can back it up with a high level of, of musical competency, uh, a solid level of songwriting. I don't think everything they did was great. I don't think their albums are particularly good. Like, they're a singles band, not an albums band. Um, I think they they've have got a load of good moments. songs, but I don't know if you listen to them as albums. No, no, I wouldn't. Like, they're not really album bands. It's not exactly Pink Floyd. And I would never, like, I feel like some of their more experimental bits were not that experimental and were also kind of missteps. Like, I don't think Innuendo is a very great song. It's got some good riffs, but I don't think it flows like Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. But, I mean, I I can't really fault Queen overall. Like, they were fantastic at what they did. Um, And they had the music to back up the theatricality, which a lot of glam rock bands like Twisted Sister never did. Do you want another one? Uh, well, why don't you say some things about Queen? I feel like I dominated that conversation really hard. I just, I agree in that I feel like Bohemian Rhapsody was the peak, and then they were always maybe trying to get Bohemian Rhapsody. But I like some of their stuff. Like, I think Show Must Go On is really good. Yeah, they're in. I feel like they're in the sense of ammo, ABBA, where they use complicated and interesting stuff. But still in the pop environment. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think Brian May's guitar playing is like absolutely top level. Yeah, you never, you never had a teacher. So, like, I love his tone. Most people never had a teacher, but um, yeah, I but think you know. it's, it's impressive that he got into such like a. He has like an almost like faux neoclassical type um, vocabulary. I know, I know what you mean. Lots of runs. As opposed, as opposed to like a. A, a very blues-based vocabulary like Jimi yeah. Hendrix, in which case it, it makes a lot of sense that he would be self-taught and no one would have ever explained how things work to him. Whereas when you hear like the things harmonically Brian May is implying and just, just the use of arpeggios and stuff, it's kind of like, hey, wait, hold on, he didn't have a teacher? Mm, yeah. it's, it's because of the style. I don't know, he works very well. Great guy. Great band. Um... Def Leppard. I don't like Def Leppard, really. Why? They just... Uh, they're a lot better than the other anthemic stadium rock glam bands, but they still just sound like an anthemic stadium rock glam band to me. Like, I'd much rather listen to something with more substance. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really interested in any of the 80s. I feel like the 80s, ba- the 80s is one of my least favourite decades in all of rock history. So on the one hand, you're getting the the birth of Thrash in 83, you've got the birth of Death Metal in 86, you've got um, generally like a lot of things happening in, in underground music and in um, metal and like crust punk, people like Crass and Discharge are really going off and having a great time and making great music. The hardcore punk scene's thriving, experimental music's going crazy, and all of the mainstream rock guys and I don't like to generalize. I like go off about generalizations all the time. But the, ma- the vast majority of what was popular in rock was quite substanceless, boring, unchallenging music that was more focused on theatricality. 
sometimes it's almost like the songs were an excuse to put on scandalous makeup and have pyrotechnics. And I'm okay with pyrotechnics and makeup, but you've got to have the music to back that up. Otherwise, you're just a just a performer, like not particularly effective musician. When like, was um, a big sorry. 80s problem? Sorry. What do you think? When was metal introduced? Firstly. Well, 1979 is the year the first Sabbath album came out, and Blue Cheer had done stuff before that, along with things like Revolution 9 and Helter Skelter, which helped influence it. So it's a slow process, but by 1980, heavy metal definitely existed. I think it existed in 1979, because I consider the first Sabbath album metal, like in its truest sense. Uh, I don't know when British Steel by Judas Priest came out, but that's a very important early metal album. But, I mean, that's an important offshoot. Yeah, when did British Steel come out? I'm looking it up now. Judas Priest. Judas Priest was a great band. They peaked uh, hard as fuck. But, I mean, even they were... Yeah, okay, so Judas British Steel came out in 1980, but Priest formed in, in 69. And, like, Sabbath, um, Metallica put out the first really important thrash release in 83. Uh, Death put out the first important death metal release. Uh, which wasn't Possessed, which might be a controversial opinion because some people think Possessed is the first death metal band in 1986. So the 80s is a time in which it expands, where like doom metal becomes a thing. Of course, doom metal some arguably always been a thing because it was invented by Sabbath, really. Mm. But Sabbath is responsible for a lot of things. I mean, they're responsible for the rise of stoner metal with their volume four. They are... I think they're partly responsible for black metal in terms of their lyrical themes and how that would go on to influence the first wave guys, which would influence the second wave guys in the early 90s. Uh, I think they in, they were significant influences in death metal with the song Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. And actually the whole album, I think, had a big influence on people who would go on to be into death metal. Um, they created the genre as it is. And I think even on their first album, you can like hear the doom, like the, the first song that riff that black the song black sabbath has such a an enormous doomy riff i don't think people were writing riffs that were that doom at that point so for sure the 80s is the decade of heavy metal coming into its own as a creature mm. i can't comment on this much at all sure but it sounds about right yeah, I mean, there was stuff in the 70s. I just consider most of it proto-metal. Like, some yeah. people think um, Led Zepp was a metal band. Not really, but they were influential to the whole thing. What about... Oh, I had another question I forgot. Uh, oh, yeah, do you like the 80s in general as a music? Well, I like the pop music in the 80s a lot. Really? I like Synthwave, which is 80s revivalism, so I'm a big fan of the 80s musically. I love the heavy metal that came out in the 80s. Um, I just don't think 80s was the decade of rock. I think the 80s was the decade where rock music became a silly parody of itself, where it got really sexist and stupid. And then way more exciting genres of music were coming out. Like hip-hop was first becoming what it is today you know, like starting to advance more past uh, like mm. UB Illin type super basic style of early rap music. So, you know, hip hop was maturing. 
and becoming a serious genre uh, all sorts of things were were developing and rock music was stuck being this dinosaur of we still wear stupid makeup and say dumb things and play this silly music which just became a parody of itself i feel like rock just wasn't the 80s best export but the 80s had a lot of good shit namely the synth-based pop music and uh metal and and the punk like the crust punk was great i just i but think I yeah. like misfit like pop. coming in it's good yeah there was a lot of good shit in the 80s it's just like the hair and the rock music has not it's aged not very well i just think the genre was afraid of change and just became a silly self-parody type dinosaur needed to move on which is what it did in the 90s are you yeah. satisfied with the 80s then um we haven't mentioned much about agile artists no we haven't we've been talking more generalized um well do you have anyone you want to bring up i'm gonna wait for guns and roses till the 90s for one reason although okay although appetite for destruction did come out in the 80s yeah it's and that's the only guns and roses album i really like i'll just talk about it now the spaghetti oh, yeah. is one of the worst album covers i've ever seen bro like everything that they've been involved in since like appetite destruction has been a gradual downhill i like use your illusion parts one and two if anyone, if anyone hasn't flipping seen the album cover for the spaghetti instrument for guns and roses search it up and you'll have a laugh i didn't like chinese democracy either i think in re- gap in retrospect a lot of people years. yeah i know but a lot of people will say in retrospect that chinese democracy is not as bad as we all thought it was but i do i just think it is as bad as we all thought it was i don't think it's good I, think I don't I think Democracy's good. I don't think Spaghetti Incident's good. I don't think most of their albums have ever been good. I think they have, what, like, three good albums. Their Live and Let Die cover's exceptional. Appetite for Destruction is a pretty sick album. I can't even deny that. And it is a silly glam rock album, but it's it's so good. 51 songs on um, the super deluxe edition of that album. <sighs> that is horrible. It's 20, 31 minutes. I used to have Chinese Democracy on my um in my in my car on CD, mm. and like I just can't listen through to it. It's got great shit on it. It's got Buckethead plays on that album. Was Ron Tal plays on that album? Bumblefoot, that guy, he's amazing. I love his guitar. He's got his Vigier signature. It's a double neck, and one neck's a fretless guitar, and the other neck's not a fretless guitar, and it's crazy. I mean, that guy's a crazy genius. Buckethead's a genius, but like, holy shit, the album just doesn't work. Yeah. Do you want a speed round of me naming things? Yeah, why why the hell not? Give it a good bad. You ready? Three, two, one, Duran Duran. Bad. You two. Bad. Stones, although we've mentioned them. Stones Rolling Stones or Stone Roses? Um Rolling Stones. Oh great, yeah. But okay. not everything they did in the seventies. Foreigner. Not great. Um can't get mad at them, but I don't like them. Journey, Journey were Journey were pretty good. White Snake. Oh fuck no. <laughs> the uh, the Cure. We've mentioned them. I love the uh, Cure. REM. REM were cool. REM uh, were very cool. Straits. 
Dire Straits. Yeah, they're all right. I I can fuck with some Dire Straits. Uh, George Michael. Oh, I love George Michael. Big big fan. Cool the dude. Cars. Not really. Not a vibe. I like a bit of the cars, but not much. The Clash. Too much for me. Oh, I love the Clash. Okay, except for Cut the Crap. The album doesn't deserve to be mentioned. The Smiths. Oh, I love the Smiths. The Smiths are my favorite. The Smiths are beautiful music. Mm. I mean, songwriting is just absolutely unbelievable. The quality of bass playing, the quality of guitar playing, the the quality of of lyricism, everything from like the Queen is dead is perfect. Um, mm. They have yeah. a lot of fantastic moments. Big fan. If you ever get to see Johnny Marr, go and see him. I will. I would love to. Rush. I love Rush, bro. That's such a seventies band in my mind. I such I totally see him as the seventies guys. Um, Sonic Youth. They're fine. They don't do much for me. Twisted Sister. Oh, I hate those guys. They were awful. I do have a lot of respect for Dee Snider because of how he he um he handled the PMRC trial and how how well he did in that. And I know they lost, but he did show the fuck up uh, Al Antipagor, and I don't like either of those people. Um, so I have a lot of respect for him for for how he handled that, but I don't like his music. We're not gonna take it. Oh, yeah. no. That just reminds me of Guitar yeah, Hero. Yeah. That reminds me of Guitar Hero uh, Warriors of Rock, which I used to love, but it also doesn't remind me of music that is acceptable. So. What about? Should we go into the 90s, actually? Uh, you can keep going with this. I'm kind of having a good time just shitting on people. I'm, I'm nearing the end. Um... The police. Oh, I don't like them. But I do like Andy Summers. Culture Club. But the people do Karma Chameleon with Boy George. Not a fan. Did Boy George come out of that? Yeah, I think Boy George has solo stuff. Not do that I, I was ever interested in it, really. Not really. No. Um, Judas Priest. Oh, Priest. The best. The greatest. Fuck Iron Maiden. Okay, people are always like, Iron Maiden is the best, like... NWOBHM band like they're just not it's obviously Priest Priest is so good um, Screaming for Vengeance is one of my favourite albums ever Painkiller is one of my favourite albums ever the title track on that is some of the most ridiculous drumming I've ever heard the first like five songs on uh, Screaming for Vengeance is like a ridiculous perfect run of like phenomenal tune into phenomenal tune um, British Steel is a great album. Even the, the worst ones like Turbo Lover are super entertaining. Um, oh, sorry, Turbo, which has the song Turbo Lover on it. You know, I I like Priest a lot. I have nothing but good things to say about oh, Priest. Uh, the Bangles. Nah, not a fan. Hall of Notes. I know. Really running out of things now. All right, let's uh, go into the 90s. I've got one more, Scorpions. Oh, right. So they're a bad glam band and they're boring and unchallenging and represent everything I hate about an era of rock music that I just think is way too commercialist. But like, damn, Rock You Like a Hurricane is a good song. Uh, Here I am. Do, 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 do. Rock you like a hurricane. Did I say a pretenders? Uh, you didn't, but I have no strong feelings about them. Sonic Youth, is it? 
you have mentioned them. I'm not a big fan. Oh, Let's do it in the 90s. There's a lot more to say in the 90s. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well. Okay. First of all, go go ahead. Go off. It's a bit more experimental. I feel like it's a bit more thrashy all around now. That is an interesting take. I feel like the speed of metal is completely rejected by what is in the mainstream of rock. If you listen to like mm. a nineties thrash album like Rust in Peace, um, and you compare it, or like a Vector album or something that's like stupid fast, and you compare it to what people are playing in the mainstream, like no, but I mean now that I mean that now the mainstream is more thrash in general and rock. It's less glam. Yeah, but I know it's it's not thrash though. It's grunge. Okay, fine, grunge, whatever the word is. They're, they're dramatically different things. Okay, I just mean like stuff like chilies and food. Chilies? Fucking hell, interesting. I mean, I like chilies, don't get me wrong, but they're a relic of the 80s when in all their 90s work to me. Like, look at us, we play silly music about having no. a shag and it's kind of funky. With blood sugar. Um. I think that album's 1991. No, that is. I just I feel like it's a, re- a relic of the 80s. A lot of the stuff on that. I, I mean, sure, Fruit Fruit takes a really bluesy. What? what? The hell? what? Wow, it is 91. I wow. I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. So I know Fruit takes a really uh like bluesy, grungy, dirty type guitar uh soloing aspect to that album like if you listen to if you have to ask the guitar solo at the end of that is like real nasty despite the fact he precedes it with pretty clever jazz chords and i still can't tell you why but it's a good chord progression Wait, um, which which album blood sugar sex magic i'm saying it's a relic of the 80s the, the the attitude of funk rock the singing about uh just shagging loads of women and what a big chad you are i think that before people got all sensitive um, and what I mean by that is I'm not being like, when the, the, the millennials got sensitive, but it's more like it rock became more about self-expression than talking about how much of a big player you are. I, I feel like all of that in the lyrical content and stuff, and not on the ballads, because that album has about five ballads, like Breaking the Girl and Under the Bridge and stuff, and they're really good lyrically, but the, the rest of the album's horseshit lyrically. just feels like 80s lyrics. With 80s funk rock riffs like in the style of extreme but a lot funkier because let's face it um he was listening to more straight up funk than i think nuno betancourt ever did although i love nuno um and get the funk out is one of my favorite guitar solos ever despite the rest of that group's output so yeah i feel like chili is a big relic of the 80s and a lot of their attitudes yeah. the 90s is the 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 decade in which sounds like team spirit came out uh being like a heroin addict who hated yourself became the the chic it was more about introspection i and you know got... i know your opinion on nirvana so i'm not gonna ask what is do you think my opinion on nirvana is because the, the listeners yeah i love nirvana but listeners don't know that you yeah, can't we we're not the only where we did a podcast where you were like they're like so revolutionary I did call them a prog rock band, to be fair. That was it. Grunge is um, an interesting movement because there's not much that unites it musically. If you listen to, like, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, particularly, like, early Soundgarden, 
mm. you've got a lot more of a heavy metal influence um and you've got more like classic rock in guys like pearl jam uh you've got a lot more funk in some people you've got more of a nasty fuzzy sound in bands like mud honey so really they don't have any uniting characteristics musically like all grunge bands there's not much you just have to have a dirty guitar sound it has to be very vocal centric and it has to be introspective and i think that openness and looseness and getting away from the theatrical sexist antiquated embarrassing self-parody of 80s glam rock is one of the most significant rock music movements we've ever had you know, I know people are like, well, and all the guitar players started being bad. People like to have a go at the technical ability of the guitar players. Um, yeah, everyone start, stopped playing ridiculous overblown solos and started writing good songs. But I just don't see that as a problem. Fair enough. People need to just calm themselves. What do you think? Go off about grunge a bit. If I said I knew a lot about grunge, I'd be lying. Okay. But. I don't know what. I don't really know. I don't want to um, know much enough about it to add anything to what you've just said. Fair enough. I just basically, the takeaway from all of this is like, go listen to grunge bands. Go listen to um, Soundgarden particularly. Do you want? That shit was cool. And what was happening in the 80s was not that cool. And I feel like it was a good break away from that. Like, Do you want? Do you want another quick fire round? Why the hell not? Let's go. Ooh. Apparently I can't talk. Let's go. The Smashing Pumpkins. Sorry, I was drinking coffee, but I gave them a thumbs up. They're good. I like uh, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, but I don't know that much about their music. Pearl Jam. I'm not a big fan. They're all right. Oasis. Hell no. Fuck those guys. Awful. <laughs> Couldn't say this quick. Uh, no doubt. No idea who that is. You too. We've already mentioned them. Um, Green Day. Not a fan, but I think you would be like, I'm. It's good to have guys playing simple songs with power chords in the mainstream. I think. Yeah. I think that went out of fashion for a long time, and um, you know, like it used to be really fashionable when the Kinks and shit were about. And then by the time you got to like the 80s, all the riffs were way flashier and sillier and they had longer guitar solos, but the riffs weren't that good. Um, and I like the fact that in the 90s, power chords became a thing again. Just simple, ploddy power chord songs. That's what we need in this world. Fair enough. So Green Day's not bad. I can't hate the guys. Blur. Oh, I love Blur. Blur was fabulous. That's, that is some rock music, actually, with really interesting progressive tendencies. Um... There's a lot of exciting stuff going on on all of their records. I think Damon Albarn's an incredibly clever songwriter. I just think there's a lot to say about them. Um, you take a song like... Um, um, Good. What's that song called? Oh my god, the most, the really famous one. Um. It's all the people... So many oh, park, life. park life. There you go. So if you take like park life, what could have just been a silly little ode to like British life and being lazy, if done by any other band, which could have just been a really simple little song, is actually quite a complex arrangement. It's got 
a bunch of sounds going on. It has like saxophone. It's just, it's really, really interesting compared to what yeah. I think most bands would have done with it. Same with a song like uh, Charmless Man. I just don't think most bands would have written like that riff and then added the sort of vocal harmonies and stuff to it and added all the little details they have and then written a song that insightful. But I feel like they just would have done a more boring song. But Blur are always making interesting ways of doing it. So I can't say enough good things about the guys. Rage Against the Machine. Oh, bro, I love Rage. Rage is their, their first album, The Self-Immolating Guy they're self-titled it's just utterly ridiculous it's a fabulous album fair enough yeah uh, i can't go wrong with it radiohead radiohead were awesome um i don't think radiohead have cured cancer and uh made the world a harmonious place to live in like some people on pitchfork seem to think but i will give radiohead their dues they were fantastic. Okay, computer is brilliant. Well, that like, might be two thousands. All of their stuff is brilliant. Okay, computer is fabulous, but they haven't really got a bad album, have they? No. Is there is there a Radiohead album you dislike? Uh, I don't think so. I like. In I Rainbow. think some people think like the bends and stuff for a bit. I think the more recent stuff is worse, but sure. But I, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I like Radiohead. Uh, no. I, I don't think you can not like Radiohead. Apart from Creep, that's a rubbish song. It's not the worst. You can't... I don't like it at all. I think it's really uncreative. Not only did they take the um idea... I've heard they, this. They took the whole melody from the Hollies, from a much better song that doesn't just have one chord progression. It has a bunch of sections. It's much more nuanced. And it's a silly, cheesy 70s piece of shit, but it's a fun one. So they, they nicked the melody and chords, pretty much lifted them exactly from the Hollies and got sued for it, kind of rightfully so. Um, it's uncreative, it's whiny. Like, if you compare it with other hits, they have, like, uh, Paranoid Android, Pyramid Song. What about um, Weird Fish, Arpeggio? Like, that's so tight, drumming's so good. Uh, the whole thing is so creative. There's so much going on. And if you just compare that to their like whiny bitch boy song, fucking creep, which is now their most famous song that everyone loves. Everyone wants them to play live, even though they all hate playing it live. I just <laughs> annoying. Like yeah, imagine making so much innovative, exciting, highly progressive, interesting music, and everyone wants you to play this boring ass song from 1993. That- <laughs> you played when you were young and you were writing shitty songs. Like, I don't know how that became a top 10 hit. It's not good. Uh, and I have no strong feelings on that at all. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm trying to think. I, I do think the cult of Radiohead is excessive. Yeah. Like, remember when they j- tuned to their guitars at a festival and everyone was like, fuck, new Radiohead material. Or, like, if they no, re- released that. an album, like, the guys on Pitchfork are like, yo, so this has cured cancer. This has ended every war. Like, people so. have always just thought they're, like, the greatest thing in the entire world. And I think they're fantastic, but I don't think they're that good. Did I say Pearl Jam? Yeah, you did. I don't like them that much. Okay. I feel like they're a relic of classic rock influenced, oh. boring people in the grunge movement. Stone Temple Pilots. 
I feel like these guys catch a lot of flack for being the first distillation of grunge into a specific style, because every bit of earlier grunge is very different, and they're only really united by their aesthetic and by their sort of lyrical concepts, introspection, and more real nature. Um, I think this is the first album where grunge became like a set sound, and they're heard to be quite derivative. People like to make fun of Core as like, oh, it's a derivative album where we all just you know, where they, they were playing like grunge by numbers and it, it created this downfall of grunge into something just everyone tried. But I still think it holds up as a really good album. I think it has great moments and it's literally always in my car as a CD because it's, it's a good album. Shall we go on to the 90s? No, I was going to say, we're in the 90s. Hold up. No, let's do the 2000s. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so... There's quite a lot of carryover from the 90s, but... I feel like a lot of it is 90s nostalgia, but people like Muse become big. So So, go off, because you love Muse. I will go off on Muse in a minute, don't you worry. Nickelback. Oh, Christ, no. (laughs) That's upsetting that you'd even ask me that question. Oh, well, you know. Arctic Monkeys. Oh, I like the Arctic Monkeys. I feel like they have actual interesting ideas. I know. Um, Particularly if you look at their like artistic progression from AM and their early work through to like uh, Tranquility Base, you've got pretty big artistic progression, and they have more original ideas than most of the nostalgia acts of the two thousands. Well, who are nostalgia acts now? Um, My Chemical Romance. I don't know anything about their music, so like. I know once upon a time I would have just roasted them for being an emo band. I would have been like, haha, you pussies are an emo band. But I'm not like a, I'm not like that these days. So I don't know what their music is like. I know a lot of people say Welcome to the Black Parade is one of the best uh, concept albums in recent rock music. I can probably believe that. A lot of people think it's a great concept album. Uh, I've heard like Anthony Fantano say it's a good concept album. Um, so maybe there's a lot to say. Certainly they wouldn't be so popular if, and they wouldn't be having a revival right now if there wasn't uh, something there. But I can't tell you anything about their music apart from I heard a bit of it when I was like 13 and I was a massive metal elitist and I hated it. But that was obviously significantly biased. So I probably at least think it's all right by now. Speaking of emo. To what? Speaking of what? Like emo. Oh yeah, emo. And not so much nowadays, but your favourite band. Yes. Do you know who they are? Who are my favourite band? Panic at the Disco. Oh, I don't honestly see them as emo. I just see them as appalling. But I don't even see that old stuff as emo. I just see it as appalling. <laughs> like, it's it's kind of whiny, but it's not that whiny. It's mostly just marred by dismal, immature songwriting. Everyone's like, oh they're great they cover bohemian rhapsody they're so good brendan yuri is such a good singer and it's like yeah he's a technically competent vocalist but that's worth nothing when your music is painful but i mean that was the big musical trend of the mid noughties let's face it like 2005 to like 13 i would say ish i don't really know is is i think the time when that was like a big thing so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not... Okay. I, I've, I've liked some of their things, and some of it, I think, gets 
hit on for no reason. How do you feel about Linkin Park? I don't know much about them, if I'm honest. What, do you not even like no songs like In the end, doesn't even matter I try so hard I know it, as in I've heard it, but like I can't I don't I don't I haven't really listened to them much at all. That's that's a fair income thing to in fact say. Just like six of them, isn't there? Yeah, there's a rapper and a singer. Well, there's not a singer anymore. He died, so that's pretty bad. Rest in peace. But um, they were really big. I feel like a lot of people were into their music uh, at one point, and they're still like a big nostalgia act. People still really like them. Yeah. Which is interesting, considering how close they are to the embarrassment of, of rap rock from the previous decade. And like the Limp Biscuits of the late nineties, and I cannot believe we didn't talk about Limp Biscuit. <clears throat> Shit, something, I... something else was limp there too. Crikey! Do you want me to uh, go on a rant about Muse before we do a quick fire round? Yeah, I do. I want, I want to hear it because I don't know anything about Muse really. Basically, I see that their stuff that people people think that their stuff's gotten worse, but it's taken a different direction. And although not every song on Simulator Theory is brilliant, and Drones has some not so strong songs, and the second Lord just wasn't that really that liked. Still, quite like Resistance. Black Holes and Revelations is brilliant. Absolution is pretty good. Origin of Symmetry is fantastic, and Showbiz was a pretty good first album. Okay. So basically, they had like. I'd say resistance is that resistance is going into the 2010. So from Black Holes and Revelations, Absolution, and on Richard and Symmetry, and no one really counts Hubaloo. Um That was like a really good, like three albums. Okay. So you like Plug and Baby, don't you? I don't mind Plug and Baby. It's a pretty good riff. I'll give them that much. What? 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 What's your reason for not? enjoying it it just never connected with me muse like i listened to some of their like what's the album that's all synth wavy simulation theory yeah i listened to some of that and i was just like there's but just so much mediocrity here listen to origin of symmetry i feel like but... they're really um stadiumy also they are but they're, they're big. flipping good live and epic oh and i i don't care about that type of thing really i'm not a big epic Stadium rock guy. I'm an introspective post rock guy. You know? yeah, well, it was you. Know, listen to Origin of Symmetry, though. I'll, I mean... I'll I'll probably do that at some point. To be fair. Um. But yeah, I I could talk about me for a long time, but I won't because I can I can tell. No, it's cool. It would make a. It's interesting. Um. Yeah, I've I saw me at Ashton Gate, jazz. And oh, wow, they are very good live. Mm, fair enough. Mm. Mm. Anyway, you ready for quick one round? Yeah, why not? Why the hell not? Killers. Oh no, I don't like them. Really? Yeah, I've never been into them. I never understood it really. Like, I don't, I don't think Mr. Brightside's even a good song. 
Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. yeah, I know that is that is a controversial opinion. It just doesn't yeah. do anything. Goodbye. You're weird. Okay, just, fair enough. Kind of disappointed. Okay. Uh, Arcade Fire. Sorry, Dad. Uh, I don't like Arcade Fire. Okay. Um, a lot of people really like Arcade Fire. But then, no, there's so much more to them like that than that. What's that? That their early music. That was them. Yeah. Their like early stuff is pretty interesting. It just doesn't do much for me. Fair enough. Queens of the Stone Age. Oh yeah, they were great. I was ready for a rant there. Good band. Very good band. Uh, the Strokes. Oh yeah, Strokes are fabulous. Um, very top quality songwriting. And I feel like you get reminded of the good bands from this. Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm like, oh damn, I forgot they existed. Blink. Blink. Do you mean Blink One Eight Two? Yeah, but I can't be asked. Well, you're gonna have to give me the whole name, but oh, luckily, I... okay, fine. One eight two. Thank you so much. Um, I don't really like them. I've always found them really immature. Their songs go between classic, generic pop punk, which isn't a sound that I'm interested in. It just sounds too commercially viable, like they want it to be successful, despite the fact that it's meant to be punk music, mm. which is bullshit. And it doesn't have the edge of earlier punk music like sex pistols which managed to be commercially successful anyway because that was the current trend um and the other half of their songs like the ones like family dinner or whatever it's called where they just like say a bunch of swear words and laugh it just reminds me of like edgy 17 year olds just thinking they're cool and they're not cool so what about Foo fighters so i like the Foo fighters significantly less than nirvana but like their first three albums was a knockout run man Mm. Um, Color and Shape particularly is one of my favorite albums in the 90s. Um, they still have great moments. I like most of the things Dave Grohl gets involved with, which is a scary amount of things when you look up the actual amount of things he has got involved with. Um, some highlights include drumming for Queens of the Stone Age. Um, I just thought of a Drumming band. for Tenacious D and the fact that he did this little probot project where he did a song with Lemmy and did a song with fucking Tom G. Warrior from Celtic Frost, who's the greatest. I know you... that. Huh? Who do you think of, Alfie? No, Who do you not... think of? I know you don't like them very much. Okay. Uh, they're not that rock. But they have done some, so Coldplay. No, I don't like Coldplay really. It just does not do it for me. I know. Paramore? No, but actually, their last album was kind of interesting because it wasn't like a whiny. Like sort of emo rock album from the mid 2000s that just sounds as generic oh. as the rest of Paramore's output. Fallout Boy. Oh, hell no. Mania. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. I do not like that. Oh, that fucking band. Gorillas. I like the Gorillas a lot, probably because it's involved, uh, it's, it's Damon Albarn's thing, and he's always been creative. I think having a cartoon band was a very creative idea. Yeah, and good. they've written a lot of very, very strong songs. So. Um, simple plan. Simple plan. Don't don't know anything about them. Papa Roach. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Damn. Oh. Kings of Leon. Right. So I don't know much about their music. My dad really likes it. Um, and they've always sounded pretty good to me. I've never ever had an issue with them. I don't. I wouldn't roast them, but I don't really know them. Right, final one. Hit me up. Puddle of mind. 
Have you heard their cover of About Girl? No, I haven't. <laughs> we have to listen to it together at some point. Um, Can we listen to it before we go on Call of Ruby and listen to 1975? Okay. Okay, well, I, we'll do it after podcast, which I'm excited for now. But um, holy shit. No, I don't hate Puddle of Mud. I just think they're representative of like a generic, boring type of grunge that was about by the late 90s where all the vocalists are the same and i'm not really into them Fair they enough. had one big hit song uh she fucking hates me they, they always used to sing all the time that was like their only big hit and i remember it and it's just not that good like maybe she fucking hates you for a reason do you ever think of that <laughs> <laughs> okay let's do 2010s let's move on okay I, I feel like quick. let's let's talk about the most divisive figure of 2010's rock. Oh, I'm not talking about Billie Eilish. Um, Greta Van Fleet. What do you think of them? Who? Greta Van Fleet. Never listened to their stuff. Oh, for God's sake! That was that was the whole talking point in 2000. I was going to go off rage about that. What? What? The long, what you say? The, the long and short of it is, I really have no time for them. Oh. They're just a bunch of idiots trying to appeal to boomers by milking their nostalgia by doing not just taking inspiration from Led Zeppelin, but like basically ripping off Led Zeppelin, who were in fact the ultimate ripoff artists themselves, who plagiarized like half their bloody songs. <laughs> uh, ultimately, Greta Van Fleek is um, just a big symbol of mediocrity, a lack of artistic progression, boomer nostalgia, and desire to to go back to old rock rather than pushing forward with new exciting rock and like the post-rock movements in the 90s why didn't we talk about slint i don't know i'm sorry i forgot um i just think it's really embarrassing what greta van fleet are doing then they're just shit i mean they're technically fine like the guitar playing's fine the vocals are fine the drumming's fine everything is okay it's just an embarrassing imitation and and complete absolute failure to even try to progress artistically or find your own sound it's just embarrassing they're like the ultimate Led Zeppelin ripoff artists. They just do the Led Zeppelin sound. I don't so have time for it. Doing. So, yeah, fair enough. So, I think we'll review the 1975 another time. Yeah, we haven't listened to it yet, but we're, we're about to listen to it after we've listened to Puddle of Mud's yeah. amazing About a Girl cover. The new album's come out and Ruby loves it, so we're going to see if we love it. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to give it a go. Yeah. Okay, well, if that takes us to the end of uh, the podcast, Alfie... No, I'm not done. Are you not done in the 2000s? Two more. Okay. Tame Impala. I like Tame Impala. I don't think Tame Impala is anywhere near as cool as a lot of people do. Um, I can't really listen to it for more than, like, a few songs. Um, I mean, credit to Jonah Pyman, because he, t- he, he gave me this little soundbite, but he once said, like, there's only so much falsetto and whining I can deal with. And like I, I get that it's just falsetto, reverb, and good bass lines, and it's cool. But like, give me forty minutes of that, I'm gonna be bored by the end because it kind of all sounds the same. Fair enough. So they're pretty great. I mean, it's just one guy, but he's pretty great. Um, I just don't think it's quite as fabulous as people think it is. Uh, yeah, there's a few more. So. Uh, Royal Blood. 
Um, I like Royal Blood. I think they are creative because they are playing with somewhat unusual instrumentation. I know it's not like revolutionary to be like, haha, we have a drummer and a bass player. Yeah. A lot of people have done that in history. Many, many, particularly punk bands and like DIY garage type bands. And of course, you've got modern bands like Slaves, who I'm not that fond of, who are still doing it. But um, yeah, they're really creative. I have no beef with Royal Blood. I like those guys. Yeah. You got any more? Yeah, Mumford and Sons. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That, it, it reminds me of like early Bruno, Bruno Mars in that like, it's just a type of shit. Like, you know that song Marry You by Bruno Mars? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. That sounds just as straight up the same to me as that band you just mentioned, who I've already forgotten who we're talking about. Who are we talking about? Sons. Oh, yeah, Mumford and Sons. Like, it's just, it's, it's fake, embarrassing rock music, sort of rock music, folk rock, that, like, you could give to your 64-year-old mother who plays uh, cello and... <laughs> sometimes listens to a song and says this has a good beat you know you could just give that to her and she'd be like oh this is a nice song and that's not a bad thing okay people should enjoy music for whatever reason they do i just feel like it's deeply unchallenging generic look at me we're doing the same just boring uninteresting crap i I don't i don't think there's really any merit to month and sons because it's just boring faux folk folk rock rubbish you know, like if you if you put like let's compare it to Jeffro Toll, which is also folk rock, but with a very progressive edge. Um, if you put Jeffro Toll Jeffro Toll next to that, and you were like, okay, listen to Jeffro Toll with me, some people would be like, I don't like this because Jeffro Toll do things that are interesting and challenging, and they have long songs and they have new ideas. Whereas not many people are going to be like, this is painful to a song. Uh, like Babel, for example, by Mumford & Sons, because it's so acceptable. It's like it's like smooth jazz. It's just deeply acceptable. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, but it does nothing to excite or challenge or try anything new. So you're not keen then? <laughs> what? No, not I mean, really. You yeah. can tell? <laughs> uh, okay, I've got, I think I've got two more. All right, and then we have to give our verdicts. Yeah, the Black Keys. I like the Black Keys. Pretty sure it's just two guys, right? They're they're creative. I like them. I really like some of their songs. I had a very good time playing Lonely Boy in Eilid concert last year. Um, and then what's it? Um, Florence and the Machine. Yeah, she's pretty cool. I like her voice a lot. Really nice voice. Uh, some creative musicality, some less creative music, but I think she's she's cool. I have no beef with Florence and the Machine. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's verdict this bitch. We both said 70s, but I said it a lot more tentatively than you at the start of of this thing. Would you stand by that? You have to say that again. You broke up. I still think it's the 70s. Yeah, I I would leave it on the 70s also. Like, I I feel... uh, More definite now. I, I... don't know it's more definite because my real tie-up was like 60s versus 70s versus 80s and i know i've tied 80s off of that just because of their mainstream rock but i think underground rock was better than mainstream rock 
So underground rock in the 80s is sometimes better than mainstream rock in the 70s. Um, I feel like the 60s is just a little bit too primitive and too primordial soup for me to give it like the greatest distillation of rock music. However, stuff like Cream came bloody close to being the actual best you can do in the, the field of rock music. Yeah. So yeah, basically that. I think um I forgot. Oh yeah, it's right. If you were gonna do a graph of ups and downs, we'll go from the sixties because the fifties is sort of a detached sort of sixties is primordial Um so if you were gonna go a graph starting flat, is it going up and down at the sixties? So at the sixties, like from sixty to like sixty nine it goes up dramatically. Okay, and then seventies uh it goes up a little bit but then it goes down by like 1978 actually no it doesn't because progressive rock got less interesting by that point but things like heavy metal were starting to come in and sabbath released their first album in 79 so it's like okay interesting and then 80s 80s that is a downhill but only in um mainstream rock so it's not a dramatically deep downhill because ultimately there was still really good shit going on in the underground, perhaps more exciting shit than in the seventies mainstream. Yeah, fair enough. Even the seventies underground stuff like Yes to Earth and and Gentle Giant, if you consider them underground, like that wasn't quite as exciting as listening to crust bands in the eighties. Okay. Um nineties. The the nineties yeah. is is a slow increase. I think all of these have been getting better so far. Well, I mean with um drawbacks obviously the guitar solo kind of goes to die in the 90s but i don't think that's a bad thing because i think a lot of people were using them in a way that doesn't serve the song in the 80s but i'm still a sucker for a good guitar solo when you uh you do it in a tasteful or somewhat musically appropriate way um so yeah the 90s was an increase because rock got a lot more real and riffs got a lot better and it became more expressive and less of a stupid self-parody but certain things like virtuosic guitar playing kind of went to die. Odd meter riffs weren't so popular unless you're in Soundgarden, but none of their like big hits were odd meter riffs. But lots of their songs were odd meter. One of many reasons Soundgarden was a lot more creative than most of their contemporaries. So yeah. Are we in the 2000s now? Yeah, we are. That's downhill a little bit. I'm going to say in my first downhill. And then 20 Dens? That I mean, again, it's a downhill, but like, you have amazing albums. Like, Magma by Gojira came out in the 20s. I don't, I don't, there's just less of it, isn't there, as well? So, it's obviously less likely to be good. There's, there's too many nostalgia acts. Loads of people, like, who were big in the 80s and 90s and stuff, exist on to play their greatest hits and age. Like, look how ungracefully the Red Hot Chili Peppers have aged in some aspects. And how gracefully they've aged in other aspects. I just don't think it's ideal. Yeah, so, that's my take. Fair enough. Jeez, we have talked about rock for way too long. We have, and that's like two solid hours, I would say, uh, between two I podcasts. More than that, honestly. So, I hope anyone who's still listening has enjoyed themselves. You must be enjoying yourself if you're still here, uh, nearly <laughs> an hour in. Got a gun. Um, 56 minutes but um yeah i hope you enjoyed that as much as we did because we had a really good time wow well, i can say that i think alfie did um yeah. talking about the rock music that we love and the trends in it 
Yeah. Obviously, our opinions don't matter at all because we're just a bunch of twatty teenagers. So you can agree with us or disagree with us or like have your own things. Comment down below. Oh, if wait. We had, if we had a comment system, I'd be genuinely interested to get them and well, know what people think. You can send in a voice anyone... message if you're insane. But I would never send a voice message in because it would mean my voice would get played on a podcast and I'd feel like that was nuts. Well, to be fair, if anyone uh, actually cares, then uh, I mean, they're going to be um, following Morgan on Instagram. So you can just DM him. Just DM me your take, and I will talk about it in next podcast if anyone cares. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. I hope anyone has enjoyed that. We certainly have. Uh, we'll probably be back at some point soon. I'm going to start trying to upload more regularly. Uh, we obviously have a bit of time off. But, you know, like, we're gonna I got a new job and shit. Cool. Lots of stuff went on. But we're going to get back to it. We might do a review of the new 1975 album. Yeah, we might start doing album reviews. Um Maybe quicker, maybe quicker podcasts, because then we can do more. Perhaps quicker podcasts. Yes. So, yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Say bye, Alfie. Yeah, see ya. Bye.